When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is June 15th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. Hopefully recovering from uh, the Bruins' loss last week and maybe enjoying your offseason in some way. Not stressing out every single night. Obviously, you'd like to be. We'd all like to be uh, them still be playing. But hopefully you're enjoying your offseason, doing fun things, maybe traveling a bit. Uh, who knows? But uh, even though it's the offseason, there's a lot to talk about. And that's fun. I'm very happy. The last time there was no Bruins hockey, there was not much to discuss for a really long time. Um, so this is fun to have things be back to normal and for there to be legitimate topics to talk about. And this offseason has many of them. So Connor and I spent most of this episode discussing uh, Rask and the goaltending and the future of David Krejci. And we get into some other UFAs, RFAs, but those are the main two topics. I think those are the biggest two, uh, including Hall, which we also got to as well. So there's a lot to talk about in this episode. It's a fun episode. A uh, lot. I, I just, I think this off season is going to be big with these two guys with Rask and Krejci because they've been around the longest. So I think those changes are going to be the most drastic. So we get into that and more in this episode. Before we get into the episode though, bet online, still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. I know obviously the Celtics and Bruins aren't playing anymore, but maybe you want to bet on the Red Sox. Maybe you want to bet on the Stanley Cup winner, the the NBA uh, final winner. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything, on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. It's free. For the next pitch, next tip-off, next puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Again, CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? 
I'm doing well. How's the off season treating you? What are we like four or five, six days into it? I don't even know at this point, but I know we're, we're in the off season. Yeah. Well, we're not officially in the off season until you get to like past like the, the zoom calls and what have you. So like we had the, we had the marathon one on Friday, which was four hours and 20 minutes. Yes. And like, not too bad, but, um, but once you get past those, uh, obviously later on this week, we're talking to Sweeney and Neely. Uh, then we can hit the full off season mode, but obviously, whole bunch of digests from what happened last week and what's what I think as as expected is going to be a pretty uh pretty pivotal offseason for this team a lot of changes probably on the horizon yeah there's going to be a lot this offseason uh and yeah Friday was nuts 8 a.m to like 12 30 uh it just kept going just person after person and when you thought that they were done there was another person to go and you're like oh I forgot about this person forgot about that because at the end, I was like, oh, it's just Jake DeBrusque left to go. And then they're like, oh, we got Mike Riley up next. I'm like, that's right. He's on the team as well. And I didn't even talk to Halak and, uh, you know, no Frederick and no Tenority. So uh, there was uh, there was just a lot of people, person after person after person. But there was a lot to take away from it. Uh, but I want to start here because, again, you mentioned it, pivotal offseason for the Bruins. And I think... And this, this hit me after Rask's exit interview when he said that he had a torn labrum in his hip, uh, played through it, needs surgery, won't be back until January or February. Obviously, Rask is a UFA. And it hit me. And I said, even if he comes back, he ain't playing until the second half of the year. You still have to find people to play from October through December. And who knows? You know, Swayman could be playing great. Whoever they put in net could be playing great. And... This just became a whole lot more complicated in net because not only is it do the Bruins bring back Rask, it is also how do you finagle that with his injury timeline? And now it has become that much more complicated. And there's lots of things that they can do, right? There's, there's, there's free agent goaltenders out there. There's Devin Dubnik. There's James Reimer. There's, uh, you know, there's, uh, Philip Grubauer with the Avalanche, but he'll, you know, sign out there. Uh, I'm certainly forgetting a bunch of different, uh, free agent goalies, including obviously Rask. Halak as well. Halak is up as well. <laughs> so him is to him too. So you have this issue in net where, you know, who's starting, uh, day one? It's not Rask. You know, Rask will not be back. And, you know, do you trust it to be Swayman and Vladar for three months? I I don't know. I don't know if that's the route to take. What what should they do? Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough call for the Bruins in terms of how they approach that because it's, it's a tough balancing act, right? Ideally, what, what you know what you'd like is you sign Rask back for a year, two years, what have you, on a much cheaper contract, which works out well for the Bruins, right? If, let's say Rask was healthy, he'd be still looking at what five and a half, six million probably is what I would imagine his price tag is. It's significantly dropped now uh, coming off this injury, but I know ideally you would have Rat, Rask and, uh, or Swayman and Vladar in there and you hopefully they hold their own, but there's a whole bunch of risk involving that, right? You, you don't want to wait three months of the season. Hopefully those guys hold their own. And then Rask comes back, you know, triumphantly in February and leads you to a cup, right? That's really how it works, right? I mean, especially where you've got two guys and, you know, who knows? Maybe Swayman hits a ground running is it's fantastic. You know, replicates what he did in the regular season, but it's a whole bunch of risk involved. We've talked about this with Swayman before, where 
we you've gone down the rabbit hole with guys like Katahat or these other guys who look great. Teams get the book out on them, and all of a sudden they start looking really vulnerable, or t- they hit a wall and they have to adjust. So you can't be the Bruins going to next year, and if both uh, Swayman and Vladar hit a wall or fall into a rut, you know there's no stabilizing presence back there. You could the Bruins could load up on their uh, defense this off season, you know, get a legit top four D, another big-bodied guy like an Alexiak to round out the roster or something, look great. You've got a goalie letting in soft goals. It undoes all of that, right? So they definitely need to sign a a veteran, you know, either backup or or a guy that's going to, you know, serve as an insurance policy for, I think, Swayman, if he's the guy that they're going to task with a lot of these minutes in the early going. But then you run into the issue, right? What happens if we get to February and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just say, uh, give me, give me, a, give me a random goalie that like they would sign. Let's say, let's uh, say like, uh, let Jonathan Bernier. Yeah. Let's say Bernier. Let's say they sign Jonathan Bernier and he looks fantastic. Like Halak his first year and Swayman looks great. And then you've like had, you've signed Rask cause you expected him to be back. Like what's going to really happen then. Right. Like it's, you know, maybe it's a situation where, you're like, all right, well, Swayman, we can still put on waivers. So he goes down to Providence as the full-time goalie down the stretch there and gets more reps uh, or what have you. So that's a possible solution. But it's definitely a lot of moving pads. I think the Bruins have benefited the last couple of years where with Rask and especially Halak as the backup, it's one where you're like, all right, we don't have to worry about this. Like, we'll have the Rask discourse every postseason as always. But during the regular season going to camp, we know we have these two guys in net. We don't have to worry about it. Now it's, all right, like, is Rask coming back? Is he going to be healthy? All right, like, are we going to trust Jeremy Swayman, like, this early on, this in the early going as a, a rookie goalie? And who are we going to get that's a free agent who's, you know, willing to do a backup role? Like, there's a whole bunch of different factors that go into it. There's not really one clear-cut solution unless it's, you know, let's move on from Rask and we sign a, a guy that we want to be our, you know, new starter or established backup as we give the key slowly to swim. Yeah. And this is the thing. And I think the anti Rask crew, you know, is, is might be happy to see Rask go if he goes, <laughs> but let me tell you something within about 20 minutes into next season, you will soon find that you will hate it because whoever's in net, let's say they let Rask go. That would pretty much guarantee they're going to sign a free agent. Let's say sound like Devin Dubnik. Yeah. Dubnik yeah. and Swayman in there. Have fun when Swayman, you know, is young and has some issues and have fun when Dubnik steps in and it's very underwhelming. And this is all during the regular season, which you have not had to worry about goaltending in the regular season in like 12, 13, 14 years. So <laughs> this is going to be a new issue. Like have fun with this. But I would also say that if they do bring back Rask, let's say they get him at 5 million, you know, let's say they get him at that. Then they sign, let's say, uh, you know, Peter Mrazek or Bernier for what would they get? Like three and a half, three? Yeah. Like two around I mean, there, it, two? It, it, like, it's, it's tough to project with the, the cap now, but it is around, but so that, let's, around that. Yeah. So let's say it's in that ballpark. So that, that plus Rask is about seven to eight million combined in that. Plus you have Swayman, you know, unless you have him on waivers, but you know, that's 925. So that's another technically a million. So now you're spending the same on goaltending around three goaltenders. So now it hits like, is there even a, you know, if you, if you want to do this, do you even want to bring Rask back? You know, and this is why I almost see with the Bruins loyalty to Rask and with their playing the kids idea on defense this year and their idea of internal competition. Sweeney's always mentioned year after year after year, internal competition. 
Uh, I would not be surprised to see them bring back just Swayman and Vladar and then sign Rask. I would not be surprised because that is right there with them. Don't change a thing. Leave it be. I could absolutely see them doing that where they just stick with the two young guys. They say, we're going to ride this out, you know, training on the job. And, you know, (laughs) I think that's going to piss off a lot of people because that is not a reliable solution for a team that's technically still trying to contend. Uh, and again, nothing against Swayman, nothing against Ladar, but you put two young guys in there, you're Washington. And there, and that's less proven, you know, you're less proven than them in that situation. So that's yeah. why I, I, I really do question and wonder what the move is. And there's no obvious solution. There's no obvious solution. As much as you want to move on from Rask to you out there who do. So you're just going to get, you know, a journeyman backup. To, to back up Swayman or a potential, mm. you know, former number one. I keep mentioning Dubnik because that seems like a potential, uh, a yeah. guy that they, they might, they might target. So I, I don't know. I, and that's why I think this is something that's going to dominate the offseason of, you know, what do you do in this situation? Um, do you think Rask gets re-signed early? Do you think this is something that happens like July one, uh, or no? Um, I mean, I think it's going to depend on how they chart out what the rest of the free agent market is, right? Because I, I feel like it, it's either going to be like a, you know, it won't be like a Grubauer, obviously. He's going to get a, a nice contract. But, like, I don't think it's going to even be like, you know, 1B of that next crop of players. It's going to be like, you know, the 1C the of like, oh, yeah, that guy, like a Dubnik or something like that. So they can kind of wait on that, you know, cost as much. Um, but it's a tough balancing act, right? Because there's – I could see them going with Swayman and Vladar, but man, it's like, that's such a big risk going into, especially because we've already mapped out what we think they need to do this off season in terms of, all right, you've still got this core in place. You've got to go for it because there's no other better solution. I would imagine they're going to target, you know, depth, bottom six, defense, all these other areas that really kind of doomed them this, this previous postseason. Imagine if they do this, they load up on defense, but they just don't address the goalie situation. Like, and it just, it is, it, it, and as you said, they're the Capitals. That's exactly what they would be is the Capitals. And who knows, maybe if you sign Rask, uh, he comes back in February, but also he's coming off a labral tear. I know, I think Tim Thomas underwent a similar surgery before 2011. I want to say it was the same surgery. Yeah, Connor, um, this and, one's going to get Tuka the cup. You know, yeah, get this surgery, it'll be good. So it's like those uh when like they sent like when Kobe went to like Germany. Remember he was doing these like crazy tests and like what does he do? And he came back like his Achilles like was still was still shot, but whatever. Hopefully it's not the same thing with with Tuco, but um but you look at that too, and it, if you are expecting, let's say the Bruins are treading water and they didn't sign a, a backup and it's Swayman and Vladar and they're you know, Bruins are winning games four to three and what have you. And you have Rask signed and you hope in February, like, all right, well, just hold out. Like we're do, we're still in a playoff spot. Like Rask is going to come back and stabilize it. What if Rask isn't good? Like there's no risk. I mean, there's plenty of risk involved with that, right? It's not like this is a, he's getting his knee cleaned out or anything like that. This is a, a, a full labral tear. Like that's takes a while to get back from it. So um, yeah, there's no clear cut easy solution here where it's like, you know, it's a clean slate and you're plugging in guys or it's guys you really know a lot about you, even Rask who's been studies has been during the regular season the last decade, as you said, he's no guarantee either. So I'd imagine they sign him. Uh, and uh, the Bruins at the very least, another reason why I think they would sign him is they have all the leverage in the world. Like I think Rask agent probably watched that zoom call and was like, shit man like you, you already said like you're either gonna retire or sign there so like the Bruins could you know I, 
they're going to sign him for like three and a half, like four, like, you know, is it going to be a significant drop off? So there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. Cause if Rass signs for like three and a half, then maybe you have more cap to divert to another backup goalie. So I feel like when we talk about this, we're going to talk about this the entire off season. I feel like yes. Charlie and always sunny when he's got the board with all like the strings attached. That's, that's how the goalie situation is. There's no like easy way to like have a correlation between like who's going to get the reps and what the best course of action is. Cause there's so many things that can go haywire when it, when it comes to the goalie situation. Yes. And, and I, it was kind of like Feidelberg's tweet on Friday. Like today's a tough day for hockey agents when Krejci comes out and, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll get to Krejci in a second at halls, you know, like, Oh, I just want to play here. And Rask's like, I, I don't want to go anywhere else. Angela. I want to play here. And their agents are just like, what the hell? I, I'm trying to negotiate something here. And you're just absolutely blowing the negotiations. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I just, to me, I mean, if you can get Rask at, at three and a half, like minus well, but again, a month after Rask returns next year, he'll turn 35. 35 on a bad hip that had to be repaired. Like I, I just, to me, you're right. There is still, there's still a lot of risk involved in that. I mean, I'm looking at the free agent list right now. Um, goalies were a little cheaper, you know, Mike Smith, Brian Elliott, <laughs> these guys you want. I mean, if they can come in for, you know, if you tell them, Hey, you'll get a considerable amount of games for three to four months. Sure. Um, you know, Carter Hutton, and, uh, you know, is, 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 a, is Scott Wedgwood a free agent? Cause they might just sign him to like stop him is. from like shutting out the Bruins. Scott Wedgwood is a free agent. We should start that Bruins getting Scott Wedgwood. I would die if the Bruins would have got Scott Wedgwood. I mean, uh, 700, you made 700,000 last year, you know, maybe, oh, Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar. He's a UFA. So get it. They get okay. the Hamburglar in here. This is, this is, this is promising. This is promising. Uh, let's see who else. Then Louis Domingue. Uh, that's, you know, Maxim Legacy. Get the, get the reunion going. You know, he was here for a bit. Get, bring him back. Uh, so, you know, there's just, oh, the guy in Florida, Chris Drager, uh, the, the young guy, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a target him. I don't know. Maybe it's not a bad idea. Uh, is he even young? He's 27. He's not that young. Um, but so there's, there, you know, there's guys you can pick from here. It's not like, the, you know, there is a lot to, if you want that situation where you have, you know, let's say a, you know, a Mike Smith, who's 39, by the way. It's not exactly he's young. But, you know, Mike Smith for half a season with Swayman and then Rask when he comes back. Maybe you do that. I don't know. If you can keep that under six, seven million combined, I'm not against it. But it's also just like, you know, you don't know what Rask is going to be like when he comes back. But if you, again, if you can get Mike's, I mean, Mike Smith just had a good season. So, you know, he's going to be due for probably a little bit of a pay raise from the, what was he making this year? He was making. I think 1.5 million. Yeah. 1.5 yeah. million. So I would think he'd get a little bump because he did have a solid enough year. So that's going to be a whole thing that, yes, we do the whole thing with the board and we try to piece everything together and it doesn't always work. David Krejci, on the other hand, uh, that it's funny that the only, the only Bruin, uh, on Friday that was very confident in their contract status was Mike Riley, ironically enough, which we'll get to. <laughs> maybe later or in a different episode uh, where he was just like, Oh yeah, we're getting something, we're getting something done. We're, we're on the same page here. Like, and I haven't heard a player come out like that mm-hmm. in so long. That was just like, Oh yeah. Like, cause I'm so used to the Tory Krug stuff where Krug would come out right. every like couple weeks and be like, Oh yeah, things haven't talked to him. They rescinded their contract offer. Like, this is awful, mm-hmm. man. This all I want to do is be here. And this is terrible. Um, but crazy comes out and you know, typical crazy Vash doesn't really say much kind of nonchalant. <laughs> But my favorite quote of that whole thing was when he's like, you know, I talked to my parents. I don't even know what to tell them. <laughs> like, that's yeah, hilarious. Like... That's hilarious. Um, but it, obviously, Krejci's a UFA. 
uh, getting older, mid thirties. Didn't feel like they were going to bring him back going into this year, but after seeing Coyle not really step into that role producing consistently and Krejci getting Taylor Hall next to him makes you think, well, they'd probably bring him back. But from the sounds of it, it, that exit interview didn't sound like Krejci was getting their return call. Am I right to think this? Yeah, no, it was very, very interesting. And as you said, Krejci doesn't give much anyway, but even just like the, the, the tone of it or what have you, again, he's not a guy that, outwardly expresses his emotions i think nearly <laughs> as much as some other guys but um yeah you wonder what kind of the the dialogue is there and what what the bruins are thinking in that situation because as you said i think had going into the year they expected probably to move on from him whether it's you know they expected charlie Coyle to be the 2c or they were expecting big things from sidnika neither neither one of those things happened right so uh from the bruins perspective you know it feels weird that that would even be like a, a, a route they take unless they want to blow things up because I don't know what the other best solution is. Like how many things are working in your favor in terms of re-signing Krejci other than delaying the inevitable of rebuilding, right? Because uh, still is a top six center at, th- at this point in his career. He's not really a guy that, you know, his skills are going to diminish with age. He doesn't rely on speed. You know, he's still like a playmaking guy, which – if you have Hall back next year with them, you're probably still going to have a pretty good top six. Like as much as I think people, it's kind of like how I think game six has like put a bad taste in everyone's mouth that like people want to like put Grizzlick on like the expansion unprotected list. It's like, no, like chill out, guys. like re- relax, like game six sucked, but you have to be, let's be realistic here. Your top six was rolling in regular season. You're going to have a really good top six while all three of those guys are back. Um, but I, I think if you look at it too, you have no other better solution. There's not like a, a Bakov or someone like that on free agency. I saw some people were like, oh, they can get Nugent Hopkins. Like, get out. Like, do you want Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Like, <laughs> get, your, get your shit together. Like, no, you, no, it's not. Unless you, like, he is he going to be the new franchise cornerstone or a guy that you're going to build the next wave? Like, so there's no other really option out there. I don't see them. They already have enough fires to put out uh, in free agency and the trade uh, market with, you know, bottom six wingers, defensemen, especially. So I don't know if you're going to Yeah. Like, unless you're trading for Eichel, which we're not going to talk about this yet, because I still don't know <laughs> how that would ever happen. Uh, there's no, like, you know, whale you're chasing that's going to, like, fix the issue that Krejci wouldn't replicate in terms of his production. And look at it, too. It's not like he's a guy that, you're not in, like, the crew conundrum where, like, the guy warrants a, a pay raise and a long term contract. Like, Krejci, again, much to probably his agent's chagrin, has said it's not about the money. And it's not like he's going to be, like, asking for a five-year contract at his age. So, like, if you get Krejci back for two years at five, four and a half, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's all going to depend. Every time I think we estimate these annual cap hits are always below what we think. And we're always surprised about it. But, like, even if it's five for two years as a stopgap, as you continue to, to try to find that, succession plan whether it's through the draft or you know free agents next year like that, that's what you you need this like you know stop gap you need this thing that's going to hold you in place and at least keep you competitive because if you let crazy walk for some reason and you replace him with a guy like Nugent Hopkins who's more expensive and not as good like what, what, what are we doing here yeah and all the other thing is by the way next offseason you have Patrice Bergeron up at center so that's the thing and that's why I think you know it is good to get the stability down especially if he's going to take less 
if he's going to take less, fine. Like, what's wrong with that? Um, and I don't know what the team wants. I mean, do you want to keep playing the kids up front too? Do you want to just set Stadnika in there? Do you want to set Coyle in as a second line guy? Um, and you know, again, next offseason is Barkov, Philip Forsberg, uh, Malkin and Claude Giroux. Obviously those guys won't really get long-term deals. Nazem Kadri's up next season. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can snag him. No, good, good, pa- good, good deal, guys. Yeah. Good. That uh, didn't, didn't, didn't blow up in everyone's face yet again. Hey, you know what? You know what? Ricard Raquel is a off, is a free agent next offseason and he's been rumored to come to the Bruins for like the past like three years. Maybe now you just go out and get him. You end the trade rumors, you just go out and get Ricard Raquel. But no, for this offseason, it, it, there's not a ton of, yeah, Nugent Hopkins is really the only, uh, good y- young-ish center in ter- need of a long-term deal, uh, that I can see. Um, and I don't think that's a fit. I, I don't think that's a smart investment <laughs> at all. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I don't, like, again, I don't see the reason to move on from Krejci, but it feels like they are. It feels like they are. It felt like it back at the beginning of the season. And it'll be interesting to see what Sweeney will have, have already said today because it's uh, he's speaking Tuesday. And we're recording this on a Monday for the first time in like three weeks now, which is pretty impressive for us. Um, but, yeah, the stuff with Krejci is going to be interesting because I don't. I feel like that's going to take a while to happen. Like I don't think Krejci signs on day one. I think that's something that goes on for a long time. But I mean, you were, if you remember a few years ago when they were going after Tavares, that would have required them moving Krejci. Like they, they, they've been willing to part with Krejci in the past. Um, so I am interested to see what they end up doing with this because it's not, it, it, he, you know, he's going to be there at the start of the season. And I think you want to have that top six solidified. Now there is the argument that you need to move on and you need to make some change up front. Krejci's a pretty big shakeup. You know, if this top six isn't getting you over the hump. You need to try something new at center, but what's the option? What is the other options? And this isn't next off season where you do have some other guys who you could maybe want to sign. As you said, there's no one this off season that is jumping off the page. Um, and I, I don't think moves the needle in terms of that stuff. Like I don't, as you said, Nugent Hopkins doesn't do it. And I mean, do you want to do it through the trade market? Like I think the trades should be thought about in sense of a top four defenseman. Um, which by the way, now that you're re-signing Mike Riley, cause it's pretty much official given off what Riley said, um, you know, he's good. He's due for a pay bump. Is he now going to be a top four? I mean, if you sign him to, let's say 3 million, that's kind of top four money. That's not like you're going to be our fifth defenseman and you yeah. already have enough fifth and sixth defenseman. Yeah. So, you know, do you like the top four going into next season of Riley, Grizzick, McAvoy, and Carlo? Mm. Mm, I think we'd like to see it better. I think everyone would like to see that better. Um, yeah. Maybe this is the offseason they trade for Ekholm finally. Who knows? Um, would have helped. Would have, yeah, would have helped. Honestly, would have helped a lot. But so, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of the two biggest things. I mean, obviously, you have the Taylor Hall stuff as well. And I guess we can discuss that quickly. You know, Hall said that he wants to stay here. He wants to stay in Boston. You know, obviously, you know, he said before it's not about the money. And then he got a deal that was based off money. Um but I, I do, I genuinely do think he wants to stay here. I don't think that that's like a, like, I think being in a good destination helps and being in a good spot helps. Um, but again, as we've said before, like, who's he going to play center? If Krejci's not coming yeah. back, who's he playing with? Is it does worth he go back to, does, does, does he want to go back to Edmonton with Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Does he want to have Ryan Nugent Hopkins <laughs> there? He's probably like, all right, no, screw this. Like, I, I think if you want Hall back, you need Krejci back. Yeah. Or unless you're, unless you're getting Michael or someone, like, you need a legit, top six center with him if you're going to max him why are you signing hall to a, a long-term deal for who knows what the average annual cap hit's going to be 
to have them be with a center that you get to, you know, go to long as you want to see how good they are, right? You want to have that top six set in stone. How many how many years have we been de- dealing with going to camp, wondering who's going to be on Krejci's, on Krejci's line? Like, now you've got a, a legitimate, you know, top six winger. Krejci seems re-energized. Like, it, it makes way too much sense to, to sign Krejci to, a, again, a short-term lower cap hit like it you don't no need to overthink this and and with hall it's the same thing of as much as i think people are going to hop on the the last two games against the islanders look at the overwhelming body of work of what he showed so far like if you give him a full season probably going to get like a 30 goal season out of this guy probably for a couple of years especially if yeah. crazy's there with craig yeah. smith or or whoever else that they find that you know let's say they add another uh, like middle six guy on the wing and they slot in between, you know, they, you know, let's we'll, we'll just say like Blake Coleman or whatever, like even Blake Coleman could be a guy that fits in on that line and Craig Smith gets bumped down. So plenty of different moves they can make, but I think when it comes to Hall, who, you know, it's not like he's like this, you know, from what he said, at least it's not, not like he's a mercenary trying to like, you know, cash out once again, like this seems like a good fit for both parties. It's a guy that, kind of fell into your lap based on the circumstances with him pretty much wanting to go to Boston after signing with Buffalo. Uh, again, like Krejci, more expensive, obviously, but it makes far too much sense for them not to, not to lock him up on a longer, on a longer contract. Yeah. I mean, I think what Taylor Hall is, I'm, I'm curious if they do go for that long contract. I mean, I think it feels like, you know, he, uh, Hall had said he wants to have a home for the next few years so it almost feels like that might be a three or four year deal, which I actually, I think would be a better option. Cause again, obviously it's hard to project. And, you know, six years ago, we never would have known the Bruins would be here, but you know, in six years, are you confident the Bruins are still contenders? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, with the lack of center depth down the middle, I, I'm not really sure of anything. So um, I am curious as to how they approach the negotiations with Hall, if they go three or four years. And also if you're, if you're the Bruins, do you want to pay Hall six million a year to play with Charlie Coyle? Like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's worth it. Like, if, if, you know, and again, like, I, I am afraid, uh, you know, obviously Marshan comes out and says, well, I'm confident in management that they'll make us still a contender. And it's like, uh, that's true. But again, if you're not bringing Krejci back and you're going young in net and your top four is Riley Grizzick, Carlo McAvoy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's contendery because now you're, I think they haven't made this official yet, but they're probably going back to the old division alignments. So now you're going back to playing against Tampa and Toronto, who by the way is good is a joke, but they're good. And Florida, who's also really good. So you you have to compete with a tough division. Also you have Montreal who just is in the final four. <laughs> so it's not getting easier. And you seem to be getting worse if you go the route that you normally would go, which is, you know, just playing your your prospects and your young guys and seeing what you have in them. But who knows? They could make a bunch of big splashes this offseason. They could freaking make some big moves. They could – or do the easy thing what you've been saying, you know, just re-sign these guys, you know, add where you need to add, and you'll be fine. So in that sense, it'd be good. But, again, if you're going to just have Swayman and Vladar open the season in net and you're not going to re-sign Krejci and you're going to have Stanika or Coyle play the second line center – Good luck just making the playoffs. Um, but again, that's, that's the first episode of the off season. So who really knows? Um, before we go, Connor, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, we're going to be obviously plenty of uh, takeaways, uh, you know, to go through with 
Don Sweeney and Kim Neely's uh, end of season press conferences, which will be coming up uh, the next day. Um, hopefully that will give us some sort of precursor as to what to expect from this off season, whether it be the Planet Net or Krejci or, or what have you, other targets you're looking at this off season. So we'll map all that out over at BSJ. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. If the Brewers want to solution it up, by the way, I played street hockey uh, over the weekend with some friends and I was in net. I was like, I was almost lights out. I mean, there you go. We won 96. So six goals wasn't great, but, uh, the first, I, I had a tough first period. Three goals went in on me, but I had, I didn't warm up. I just put pads on. It was hot out. You know, it was a lot of factors, but second period, I was, I was money. Second period, there you I go. came work, work, Working towards that PTO contract. I, I, I'm getting one. I'm getting one. But at any rate, that is, uh, Bruins for this week. Connor Ryan, F. Marinovsky, you Bruins Bee listeners. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>